0: Hey there, I don't really think there's anything more complex than being a leader of people. If you're listening to this podcast and you manage a team, or you have leaders of people working in your organization below you, or you're at the C-suite, it might be time that you want to pop on over to mokerrick.com and learn about the Leading People program. This is my signature three-month peer cohort-based program, where I offer all of the tools that that human beings that are leading people need in order to activate the talents of their people for success without having to be a superhero. The doors are opening on September 16th and you're not going to want to miss it. Classes start October 24th and I'd love to have you or your people in there. Check it out. In a world where workplaces are sometimes toxic for people, and humanity has been squeezed out by outdated rules. How do leaders who care create enlivened workplace cultures? This show has the answers. On Let's Make Work Human, we discuss how organizations can meet their mission and make a profit without squeezing the life out of people. The path to how lies in unbreakable connections, clear purpose, and real partnerships that debunk and demolish old mindsets about the world of work. I'm Mo Carrick and I'm a beekeeper, mother of adults, CEO, culture expert, award-winning entrepreneur and best-selling author. And I'm joined on this show by my colleague and friend, awesome coach, mother of a toddler, award-winning creative, DEI facilitator, and millennial, Rats. Together we tackle teams that gossip, leaders who are bad for people, partnering while working, belonging, and so much more with an irreverent and honest look at what it takes to make every workplace fit. The human beings who work there. We're on a mission to stop the suck and restore humanity to work. This show will warm your heart, challenge your thinking, and leave you laughing out loud. Hi, Mo. Hi, May. How are you? I am well. Good to see you on this Monday, as always. You too. What's the question? All right, here's what I want to talk about today I want to talk about the relationship between work and rest. Okay. What is the relationship? What is the relationship between work and rest and also how does that relate to pleasure? (laughs) Wow. All right. And I'm going to give you the genesis behind this question. Great. I, as you know, I have said this before, I feel as though I was born into a family. If you think of the Game of Thrones. My family is not the family of the dragons. My family is the (laughs) house of work. We are not the house of the Tigerians. We are the house of work. This is the family I was born into. And I get a lot of pleasure out of work and I believe in hard work. And at the same time, I'm also a huge fan of rest and pleasure. And I'm getting ready for the first time, as you know, in my whole career to leave on Monday for what I'm now calling a sabbatical for the first time in 21 years of being a business owner. And so I've been thinking a lot lately about the relationship between work and rest, especially because we also are seeing so much right now in the meta environment about burnout. Okay.
1: Well, I have a couple of things to say. Number one, <laughs> you're sure you want to call it a sabbatical because you're only going for
0: two weeks. No, I'm gone for the month. Okay. I'm going from we? September 4th to October 2nd. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's a long time, but <laughs> we're going you to be been- fine. In some denial about oh, that. All right. <laughs> well,
1: great. I'm happy for you and your spaghettical. Your My spaghettical. <laughs> you should go on it. Um, also, yeah, we should tell everybody else it's a month long. Okay. That's the first thing I need to cover. Second thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, can you talk a little bit about, can you just define, parse out some of the definitions for us in your brain of what pleasure is, what rest is?
0: And what work is. All right. There are three separate
1: camps. Okay.
0: So the work I'm talking about here in particular is like the work that we do that brings meaning into our lives. So sometimes, most of the time, I think for most of us that are working stiffs, it's work that we get paid for. It's the work that is our job that we go to. But for some people who work also, it's not necessarily that because if, if I'm an entrepreneur or I'm an artist, a musician, or a jewelry maker or something, I, that is also my work, but I'm also creating but I think it's the work, it's the thing we do that bring, both brings us usually some meaning in the world and some purpose, but also it's usually what we get paid for to allow us to support ourselves. And I think of rest as the things that we're doing or not doing when we are resting our mind and our body. We're uh, napping or we're not by the computer or we're. We're taking downtime, we're on vacation, or we're taking a holiday. To me, that's like rest. And mm-hmm. pleasure is the things we do that fill us up. It could be when we're resting, could also be when we're working, that are about bringing joy and pleasure, like delight and satisfaction and activates our senses is pleasure.
1: I wish that this was a TV show because <laughs> the this, this videos of us right now are really good. Okay, <laughs> great. Okay, so what's the relationship between the three? Are you seeing what's what's happening? You're seeing something out there. What has sparked this for you?
0: All right. Well, one thing we're seeing is a lot of work burnout. Mm -hmm. People are burning out of work in a lot of industries. And the end, we're also seeing, well, People are burning out of work in a lot of industries. Some in particular include the healthcare sector where providers are leaving in droves, the education Mm -hmm. sector where it's very, very difficult to find teachers in classrooms, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And and then we also have this dynamic that's happened for the knowledge workers that are working in hybrid where we now have like actually more hours that we're working because we don't have people like rolling out of bed into their computer. They're like, (laughs) morning, hello, Zoom. Yeah. Right? So there's like a lot. I'm hearing from people that in some ways it feels as though though they're working even more and that the boundaries between work and a life that makes sense are are very, very thin, even more thin than they used to be. So I think that's a very interesting backdrop, um, particularly for someone like me who actually loves to work because some of that's awesome. Like I get to work all the time if I want to. Um, But at the same time, I sometimes feel guilty because I do enjoy work. And I, there's also, I think this meta environment in the, in the world right now that, that implies that like hard work, good work, or working a lot is always bad. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think that that's true. I think that sometimes in all of our professions, I think sometimes we, we work hard and that that's not all bad. There's a lot that is good about that. So for me, I want to help workers and also leaders in systems to understand the difference between these things so that we can acknowledge the value of work, but also acknowledge the importance of rest and pleasure.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the, diff- the bit that comes up for me is that hard work is not the same as overworking. Yeah. Right. You don't have to work from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. to earn rest. In fact, you don't even have to work from 8 to 5, in my opinion, to earn rest. I don't think you can earn rest. I don't think you should earn rest. I think you just – you can do both those things. You can work and you should rest. But that there is a difference between overworking
0: and working hard. So you think rest is an entitlement? Or do you think rest is an entitlement, that we're all entitled to having rest?
1: Well, I think that you cannot work hard if you have not rested. Like speaking as like from an athlete, like standpoint, right. If you haven't rested your muscles and you just work them hard all the time, yeah, you don't have muscles anymore. <laughs> like That's just <laughs> not going to work for you. But I think that uh, is where it gets muddy between overworking, right? Like yeah. it's like in the working world, you can work hard. And I think you, there is a moment where you probably have to, or should rest in order to keep
0: pace. Yes. Well, and be at your best. Yeah. Yeah, and be at your best, which is interesting hearing you say that because I think about people such as yourself who are also young parents and, you know, you've heard me use a term that I coined years ago called the third job, which is for, you know, working parents. We have the first job you go to, we get the money, then you have the second job, which is parenting, and then you have the third job, which is like whatever is left over, which is not very much. You know, Mm -hmm. so when you finish working for Momentum, our firm, you have a toddler. And so you go into that mode of how Mm -hmm. to be wife and mother and homemaker and all those things, which is also could also be pleasure for sure. It's love and connection, but it is also work because there's a lot of tasks that require to be done that aren't that neither you nor your partner are getting paid for. So I think that's where what you're saying for me, that's where that really comes becomes powerful, like the emphasis on rest. Which is to say, like, actually, just like an athlete, we do better when we have rest, which Mm -hmm. is time when we're fortifying, when we're giving ourselves a break in all the ways so that we can come back to work and to the things we have to do at home with more, more energy, more optimism, more hope, more creativity.
1: Yeah, totally. And um, right before we started this recording, you said, I don't want this podcast to be another one that says you should just go rest, which is like. (laughs) Where we are quickly swerving our boat towards. And right. I, I, I agree with you. I don't want to say that. Everybody knows they're supposed to rest. Your body literally turns itself off and goes to sleep, which is right. so wild. <laughs> um, but
0: <laughs> Well, we undervalue rest in our society. I, th- I think that that is true. I think we're. I, I, I am. I agree with that. We undervalue rest. We have. There's a lot of. For me, it's probably like inherited pro- Protestant guilt or something around like, <laughs> you know, the house of work means that like that's what I. That's my identity, and I and I don't think that's all. There's that's definitely not all good because it can result in like burning the candle at both ends over overpromising and underdelivering and not yeah. having a balanced life where you're able to be present for the other things that matter in your life. And there's definitely been times in my life when I've like tilted too far towards that like undervaluing of rest. And I and I and now I'm much more clear like how important rest is than I was when I was younger. Some of the sleep research that's come out about that is has... horrifyingly
1: sobering, y'all. It is. If you have not read that sleep book, what is it called? Why we sleep. Yeah. Um it'll break you. I right. read it right before I had a baby, which is not the timing I would suggest <laughs> for anyone. That's the last time I had time to read a book. But uh, don't read it. if You're about to not sleep very much because it'll scare you. Right. Um, but if you are in a place where you can rest, you should read it. It's really But amazing. you also
0: learn, don't you think that as a young mother, one of the things, because I remember when I had my third kid, I had a lot of problems with anemia, and I before I had a hysterectomy, and I went to the doctor, and she said, "When have you? How long have you been this tired?" <laughs> and my oldest child was, I think, fourteen. I was like, 14 years? Is that qualified years. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As as tall as him.
0: Uh, that's yeah. right, as tall as him. What I do remember was, I I think I got a lot better at sleeping. Like I learned yeah. more how to go down fast and like get that good sleep in. Um, oh yeah before I had taken it for granted. So it sounds like with your aura ring, you're getting pretty good at sleeping. Oh yeah. Y'all this
1: is no sponsored podcast, but I've had an aura <laughs> ring for four days and um, it's amazing because I I benefit from words of affirmation, especially around things that I'm good at. So if that's you, you're good at sleeping, the aura ring will be just right for you. Well, does it say out loud
0: is too? <laughs> like, Good job, May. Or is it like a type on your phone or what is it, how does it tell you that you're doing great?
1: Yeah. You get to like see it in this, you wear the ring and then... And you look on the app and it tells you how ready you are. And then it tells you how much sleep you had and how good the sleep was and how much REM sleep you had. And then it tells you how many steps you took. And then it tells you your activity level. And it tells you about your heart rate and what temperature your body is. It's a whole thing. That's
0: amazing.
1: But one thing I was struck with about the Aura Ring, actually, besides the fact that I feel like I'm winning at it, (laughs) is like I'm a gold medalist Aura Ringer. But (laughs) – Is that there isn't actually an emphasis – the higher emphasis is on the sleep and Ah. the rest than it is on the activity goal. The activity Mm. goal doesn't actually – it like tells me sometimes it's not the key motivator for me at least and it doesn't really – it doesn't bing on my phone as often as the sleep does. Right. Like the sleep is like, it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. Good job. You did it. You're going to bed. You know, I'm like, (laughs) this is so great. (laughs) Like, I'm so proud. But that, I mean, that tells me that I actually don't get praised for resting Mm. ever. Mm. Yeah. Especially that kind of rest. Yeah. Like going on vacation, sure. There's praise for that. The actual restorative resting that you and I are actually talking about, yeah. we don't actually praise people for. Yeah, But Sleeping true. gets equated with like laziness. It becomes this thing that we just naturally do, even though some people are just not actually doing it, right? It's hard for
0: some people. It's hard um, for some people. Anybody who, and we both know and love some people that have insomnia, and that is such a hard, hard thing. And we so already really put the emphasis on how important it is to rest. And, and resting isn't only sleeping too, sometimes, you know, it's, sometimes it's just- being able to sit, lay down, yeah, Yeah, to lay down, to to do something that is not contributing to something.
1: Yeah. If I got paid
0: to sleep though, I'll be good at it. Um, (laughs) That we're not renegotiating a salary so that you get paid for the hours that you sleep. But I know that episode. (laughs) I
1: have a question though. So you're like, I believe in rest. Yes. Rest is a good thing. Rest is really amazing. Yes. We're not having a podcast that's telling people that they should rest because everybody knows that. But you have not taken a sabbatical in your entire career. And I don't want to point fingers, but your career has not been four (laughs) days long.
0: Okay, fine. You're talking all the decades. No, it's true. Well. And that's why I want I that's why I wanted to talk about this topic because I do really believe that I and we as a team and as individuals and our clients I think do much better when we're tending to rest and also we'll come back to this later, but when we tend to pleasure. Yes. Because I don't think that I don't think that our work is going to be as productive or valuable if we're not actually having pleasure. So we'll talk about what that means more. But in terms of my own personal situation, thank you for calling me out. I think what I was talking on my walk this morning with my husband about the fact that I have, when I started the business 21 years ago, that was one of my fantasies. I was, I had been working for other people my whole career. And I thought, you know, this way I could have more control over my schedule And I can take off as much time as I want. And maybe I could, like, once a year, I could take a month. You know, this was in addition to regular vacations because I've had, as you know, vacations this year. And we take off between Christmas and New Year's and stuff like that. Um, But, like, to really – and I've traveled. I've had some long trips when I've been gone, say, two or three weeks. But I've almost always, in my mind, I've had my computer and I'm working during those trips – and actually producing quite a bit. What's different for me about this upcoming trip is that in my mind, and this may or may not prove to be fully true, but I'm planning to actually not be producing very much work. I'm trusting that you guys, you the team are going to keep things going. And I'm looking forward to like a much more complete, probably it'll end up being about a full three week break when I'm not in charge of like driving the business. And for me as a business owner, and I think this happens with a lot of our clients as well, that is a new paradigm mm-hmm. because it's going, it's requiring of me some advanced prep, but it's also requiring of, of me to think a little bit differently about my identity during that time that like there's more important things for me to do during these three weeks, four weeks that I'm away than just to be like churning away at the emails and the responses, you know, that of what the business demands. And I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like, of course, I'm looking forward to the fun and the adventure and the time with my dear friend, but I'm also looking forward to my brain turning off
1: mm-hmm. from
0: the churn of being responsible for a whole business and payroll and all that. And to just, I'm, I'm looking forward to what could be possible with some blank space in my calendar, you know, some real, like a significant chunk of blank space where I'm not having to write anything or produce anything or sell anything in that time or help a client because my clients know that I'm going to be gone. So that, it feels like it's been way too long of a time coming you know, for me to make this happen. And I'm a little embarrassed about that. Actually, it's like, what? This is the first time you made this happen? But on the other hand, I'm like, well, I guess I didn't feel that I was ready, that the business was ready until then. Um, But I'm hoping it's really productive in terms of what's possible with my own thinking, the confidence of the team. And then also it's something that I'll do again, not Mm -hmm. in 21 years when I'm 85.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the pace could change, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that We can speed up goals. Sp- yeah. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Okay. So a long time ago when it was just you and me in this wee <laughs> little firm. Yes. When we were much weir, um, <laughs> literally. Okay. <laughs> you and I talked about what it would be like for you to not have to do everything, for you to leave, and that actually some of the some of the best ways to show that you have done good leadership in the past is that you can walk away and the train will keep running. Right. And I, I mean, this train is going to keep running.
0: Yes. This is going to happen. So (laughs) in other words, you're not, we're not gathered here for you to tell me that you are also, and so is the other two going (laughs) on sabbatical.
1: No, but that, That is very interesting to me to hear you say like maybe I wasn't ready yet and maybe the business wasn't ready yet Mm. and that you had to sense for yourself that it was okay to leave the baby with the babysitters (laughs) and that the babysitters are confident and fine and know what number to call when someone is choking, right? Like it's going to be okay. And I think that's really important because I think there is a little bit of shame, um, amidst this, like, you should be resting. You should be resting. You should have rested already. You didn't rest already. Yeah, You know? And that's like, if I think about hiking up a mountain and like somebody tells me like, oh, you should have rested already. I'm like, well, that's too bad because I didn't, you (laughs) know, like, and that's not helping me walk right now that actually I will rest when my body says I need to rest. And as a business owner, I will rest when I feel like my business is ready. For me to be able to rest and that my train can keep running while I'm gone. Because I think a lot of people voice this worry of if I'm gone, what will happen? Yes. And I don't think that's misplaced fear, right? Like, what happens if you take a weekend off and nobody actually knows
0: what's happening? It's not right. super great on Monday. But it's survivable. And it's and it's really been true. It's been proven true, right? I mean, I, I have taken vacations, some of them long, almost as long as this one that's up and coming for me. And the business and you, the staff that have been running everything, have done fine. I think the other reality for me though about this bigger chunk of rest is that um I've not only been running a business for 21 years, I've also been raising children. So my children, my youngest is 21 and, you know, we're finally at the end of that journey of raising children. I've been divorced and remarried. I've published two books. I've built lots of different things. And so I feel as though the bigger, for me, the the working, um, it hasn't all been because I had to. It's also been because I chose to. And yeah. I think that's the part that I wanted to poke at this topic a little bit because I don't like... When we, sh- Of course, you know, May, I don't like us shaming each other, any of us in society for anything. I certainly don't like shaming people who aren't resting as if that's a character flaw. But I also don't yeah. like shaming people who are working hard behind something that they believe in when yeah. really that may be the best thing for them right now is to... Yeah throw themselves into or to be very focused. There are certainly days with some of the things I've gone through in my personal life, um, surviving cancer, having you know family members with addiction, having my mother die in her dementia, where work has been a sanctified space for me. Mm-hmm. It's been a, a space to keep my brain functioning, to give back to the world, to generate revenue, to support the families that our business supports. And it's been a godsend, not just a horrible hassle, oh boy, I have to work. I don't really feel that most days. I feel like I get to work mm-hmm. you know, And I feel sometimes that our society has, you know, like we always do, right? We overcorrect on the pendulum a little bit to where it's like, well, people who work really hard or overwork are bad. And people mm-hmm. who like underwork are good. It's like, really? I don't think that that character thing works. Now, at the same time, I say that and then I'm aware that a lot of it has to do with how are you doing? In the hard work, you know, are you, as you said, so potently, am I overworking for me or am I working hard for this phase because I know it will pass or, um, because it's what I'm choosing to do. And then there will be like this yeah. week, I'm working hard this week because I'm getting ready for the sabbatical, but I'm fine with it. I'm like, bring it on, you know, cause I yeah. got some good things to produce as I prep to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, they say that in the very beginning of, of having a baby too, and like having an infant is that a lot of people who forgot how tough it is will say, like, savor those days. You know, they they go so fast. And when you're the one with puke all over you and you've never slept, <laughs> like, for days, you're like, okay, thanks a lot. Super savoring. Love it so much. <laughs> Some sweet would be great. You know, but then the people who, kind, who get it, who are in it with you say, and these days will end. You know, like, they don't last forever and they will end. And yeah. that, I think, is about this, hard work has to have an end. You got to be able to see the light at the end of tunnel. Why are you working this hard? Yeah. And for how long? Because I think if it's like hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, then you're overworking because right. there's no end of that, the end of that tunnel. And what I'm seeing from you is like,
0: we're working hard for a reason. Totally. This boat is churning,
1: but that's okay.
0: okay. Well, we're working hard for a reason. And I think that we, especially for women, I think this is, maybe I'm feeling this a little bit because I've noticed that like in, you know, there's not very many careers that give you sabbaticals, right? The one place you hear about it a lot is like in in academics when people are researching and in the tech space where people take sabbaticals. And, you know, I think disproportionately those kinds of things that happen are happening for men, not for women. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, women don't typically get sabbaticals because they usually are also primary in parenting as well as working. Um, but I think that we undervalue hard work, When we overvalue work life balance, because for some people, the work is also an economic necessity. And I get tired of that, as you know, because I think that also falls down around gender lines. And so, you know, I can remember being, you know, a young mother, working a lot, traveling a lot as a consultant, and having other parents in my kids' school say, I'm so sorry for you that you have to travel so much. And I remember thinking, why are you sorry for me? Because it's providing a home for my family yeah. and also paying the tuition for this very nice school. And, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, I feel proud of that. I feel grateful that I have meaningful work that can also allow me to provide for, for my family. And it's not as though I'm that someone is doing that to me. I'm making the choice because my because I want to contribute economically. And I, and I think that's a piece of it. It's like, yes, the work also contributes economically.
1: Yeah, it's all valuable. It's all it's valuable. It's all valuable. So to say that one is more valuable than the other is just saying that the other time is a waste of time. Right. Um, which is not true. Neither no. on either way, right? Pleasure, rest, or work. Yes. Um, we are standing in the camp of none of it is worthless. We're for all of it. But be mindful of when
0: it ends, when the hard work ends, and how to do it with purpose. Well, yes, and how you negotiate it. Like I'm, I'm struck with mm-hmm. your situation right now where you are working full time and you have a toddler and Sam is doing a lot of the primary parenting right now. And mm-hmm. if you decided, if you said, you know what, I'm, I want to have another baby or I want to have a go at that now... Then you two could make that decision together in a way that supported your family in honoring of both the work that you value, both of your work that you value that's outside of your parenting responsibilities, and also the responsibilities you have as a family. And I think that's, I think we we do better when we acknowledge all of that. Now we have to talk a little bit though about pleasure, because one of the things I've noticed is that. When it comes to the world of work, I think sometimes we think that the only thing that matters when it comes to not overworking is that you get a lot of rest. Mm -hmm. And it's my experience that actually it matters that you get pleasure, that you have pleasurable experiences that you're doing. And I know pleasure is like a really big category, and it includes many things. And I've not really ever had this happen in my life, maybe because I'm grateful. I'm lucky that I have a high degree of energy. But like on the weekends, I've never been one of those people who comes, screams through Friday of hardworking, and then I collapse on the weekend. I have to recover all weekend to get ready for the week. Like that's – thankfully, I've not had to do that. I've managed to manage my rest so that I'm usually – I have energy on the weekend. And the reason for that is that I like to do the fun things that my life offers for me on the weekend that are pleasurable Mm -hmm. for me. And that fills me up too, not just the rest and the sitting around on the rest of the sleeping and the resting, but also the doing of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes we don't. Emphasize that as much in the context of what helps workers be full human beings. And so, here's my question for you: When you think of the things you do outside of work that are not rest, what are some of the things that bring you pleasure?
1: Well, I just learned how to mountain bike. Oh, like three days ago. <laughs> uh, so that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have a new bike. I, I got it. I got a bike. Yeah, I got a bike. I got I got the things. I got the shorts. I got all – I don't have the shoes, so, like, don't look at me. But that's, like – I got this stuff. I got most of this stuff. But that gives me pleasure. Um, I I like watching TV. <laughs> I do. I, I do, too. I do, too. I know. love America's Got Talent. I think it's great. I'm just going to say that. I don't think I've said that out loud uh, ever, but I'm going to say it here. I like America's Got Talent. And <laughs> I – uh, yeah. And I kind of – in this stage of parenting in my life right now with a two-and-a-half-year-old who – you know, is sensitive to certain things right now, like especially sounds and big crowds of people and all these things. Um, we spend a lot of time at home and. One of my main missions has been to collude in her joy with her, because I think one of the greatest gifts I got as a kid was having adults who colluded in whatever I thought was fun and whatever I thought was joyful. And I really thought they were along with me, you know, so if she wants to jump on the trampoline, I'm going. If she wants to get in the swimming pool, I'm going. You know, like how to collude in joy with a toddler at that level is giving me also a lot of joy because I've like required it for myself a little bit, you know, it's like this is how to spend quality time with her, but also how to like induce or inject joy into my own life.
0: I love it. Um, yeah. What about you? I love that though. And I love that you're picking up mountain biking. Like that's, that's like watch out mountain biking world. That's <laughs> going to be amazing. May rats hits in the mountain biking circuit. Um, it seems to me a couple of years ago, you decided to try running. And then next thing you knew you were like winning the races. It, no, quite terrible, horrible. Never gonna do it, not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, very, oh very gosh. painful.
0: Well, and I love the colluding with craws for joy. Um, I don't know if you saw, I had an Instagram post like a few weeks ago because I had been at the bar and it was a really hot day. And mm-hmm. I went, I was heading back and I was going to just come home and clean the house or whatever. But I decided to go to Banta, which is one of our lovely local ice cream. Ice cream. cream. and The I best bought ice the, cream. The best ice cream. And I bought myself this ice cream cone. I was just thinking, I was eating this ice cream cone by myself. And I was thinking like, this is pleasure. Like this is so delicious. Yeah. And it does harken back to childhood. And yeah. also my own children's childhood. Like, I can remember as an adult, just being delighted to say to them, like, let's go get ice cream. And like they were into it and we were into it and it was messy and sticky and, you know, fun. Um, So I think kids, raising kids does gives us, gives us a way to tap into that childhood wonder and fascination. I, I feel like I have some, I have some fun things that give me pleasure and it's changed over the course of my life. I too used to love to mountain bike. I don't really mountain bike anymore, but now I'm, as you know, very obsessed with, you know, Callahan and like yeah. riding in the wilderness with Cal. And I've always gotten a lot of joy out of being around horses. And now I have this autonomy because I have my own trailer, you know, but I also get a lot of pleasure out of my husband. And I like to cook together. He's like a really good cook. And, um, It's fun to, like, plan what we're going to cook. I get a lot of pleasure out of reading. I love Mm. to read. And I also love this – I was thinking about this this weekend because I went to – the, one of our local bookstores and I ran into one of our friends and clients Megan Hayes and we were talking about books and it was like just so fun to be surrounded by all yeah. these books and talking about the books we like and sharing that idea of like what's fun to read and what stories can we get lost in um, I think that's just super fun. I like to get out and walk and run with my friends you know and catch up with them at the same time.
1: Yeah, one so of the things I- about pleasure for me is that it has no point. Right. Right? Like, it's just – you're just being in it. You're just yes. doing it. I read this book right after um, right after my divorce about – I was determined to get into another relationship that did not mirror my last one. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I should read more books. So I started reading all these relationship books. One really hit me, which was this microprocessing book, whatever. But one of the pieces in there was like, the person that you've partnered with was fun when you first partnered with them. That's why you keep hanging out with them. So – Why not choose joy whenever you can, right? Whenever you're in those moments with each other and the choice is either, okay, we go do this thing and it's like, it's fine. Or we could choose this thing and it's kind of silly and has no point, but it's joyful. Choose the thing that is joyful. And um, that has made a huge difference in my, this relationship that I'm in now. And Mm -hmm. it's just made a big difference in my work. You know, Mm -hmm. like when I find myself stagnating on things that I'm making for work, it's obviously not choosing joy. Like I yeah. haven't chose the most joyful spot. There is another door. There's another oh, yes. avenue, you know. It's made me more creative.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And really thinking about that that's a good thing to have, even mm-hmm. at work, you know, that it can be joyful. It can be pleasureful um, to activate our senses in a more full way and even playful, you know, which is something I sometimes think about on on my time off too, because like, I actually do like my, my kids always tease me whenever we're all together. They'll be like, mom, what do you want to do? Do you want to take a walk or play a board game? You know, (laughs) what they're talking about is like, I like board games. Like it's fun because you laugh and you, right. I know. And we haven't been able to do it. We're gonna. We're going to. Watch out, y'all. We're going to. We're going to. I know. So I think we need all three. I think we need, I think we benefit from good work. I think we definitely, we, we need rest. We have to take care of ourselves to not be burned out and to function maximally. And we need pleasure to bring those moments of joy forward and, um, and celebration. So that's worth fighting for.
1: I agree. They make us all more human. Have a good afternoon. Thank you for holding down the fort while I'm going to be gone. In yeah, and your coming. spaghetti, all Yeah, you know, it's great.
0: You might even have another train. Who the knows? Spaghetti, all I just <laughs> want to hear how you all do while I'm on spaghetti.
1: She's, oh boy. Well, y'all, like always, no answers, but maybe some inspiration.
0: Bye, Mom. Thanks, May. Bye.